This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Hey guys, awesome episode today. A guy's girlfriend gets a tattoo. Another guy wants to know how to be less cocky in the workplace. And a girl who's a fifth year doesn't know how to hang out. Check it out. Share it with friends. Jared Freed coming to you live from New York City's Upper West Side. Stand Up New York Labs are here every Tuesday and Friday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. I'll say it again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Let me turn that back around and encourage you to keep doing that. Keep telling your friends, your coworkers, your brothers, your sisters, your fraternity brothers, your sorority sisters, your pledge brothers. Maybe there's a guy in your room that you're hazing right now and tell him to get on board of the J Train Podcast. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Keep sending those emails. It's jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. And let me just tell you, I'm loving the snaps that you guys are sending me. I get these snaps sent to me on Snapchat of you listening to the podcast, and it feathers my nuts every time. I see where you're listening. I see who's listening. And it's really all the crayons in the box. We got police officers. We had a guy, you can go to my Instagram, Jared Freed. Some guy wrote to me that he was he's a cop, and he was transferring a prisoner and he had the podcast on, and the prisoner loved the podcast. <laughs> We're getting listeners everywhere. It's crazy. So keep sending me your snaps. I'm JTrain56. Keep telling your friends and spreading the word. Um, we got a couple announcements before we get started. September 22nd at Stand Up New York, uh, we're going to do a JTrain podcast show. And we have some people that have on the show that have uh, been regular guests here that we've had a few times. And we're gonna, they're going to do a short set, and then we're going to do live questions from the audience. That only works if we have audience people that like the show. And, you know, I don't want, like, a guy from Denmark being like, you know, how do I hook up with my girlfriend? It's not going to work. I need you, the listener, if you're in New York City, September 22nd, Stand Up New York at 8 o'clock, Greg Stone, Brendan Ayer, Lisa Traeger, Nimesh Patel, Dan Soder, all people are going to be on the show. They're going to be taking your questions live, so come on out to that. Also, I'm coming to some colleges. I'm actually coming Hilton Head, the 28th and 29th. I'm going to be at the Comedy Club at Hilton Head, South Carolina. They're bringing me back, so if you're around Hilton Head, you can come down to that. Also, I'm going to be coming to some schools, I think Virginia Tech and some places in Florida. Email Gina at kpcomedy.com if you want me to come to your school. That's G-I-N-A at kpcomedy.com. She gets the process started for you. You have to get, there's money at your school that you can access, but you got to go to her. She gives you materials, tells you who to talk to, and it takes a little footwork, but that'll bring me there. So 
That is all from me. I'm very excited about today's guest, Greg Rogel. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I didn't realize this was one on one. It's a little daunting. Well, why? I, I never do these things. What I, you never do them? No, nah, I've I, I, I've done three podcasts my entire life. Your entire life? Yeah, I lack that self promotional gene. <laughs> I've been doing this twenty years. I don't even have a website. You have no website? No, no. And it's <laughs> that, but that's you're you're hilarious. I mean, if you guys don't know Greg, you you've been on everything. Yeah, I just did a, uh, a a world tour with Russell Peters. It's careers. We were over. so we we started. We just met, and yeah. I watch you on stage. It's like you're great and so funny, and all of you go follow Greg on Twitter because he doesn't do any self promotion. I'll do it for him. At <laughs> uh, Greg with two G's, Rogel with two L's. Yes. So go follow, support Greg because he's super funny. You went on world tour. We talked about it a little. I mean, that's got to be an experience of a lifetime. Yeah, it lasted almost three years. We did, um, you know, all of Canada, all of the United States, uh, Africa, India, Sri Lanka, <laughs> Australia, all of the Middle East. We did uh, Saudi Arabia in January. It was in the middle of the desert to avoid the morality police. Yeah. 5,000 Sunni Muslims, women on the left, men on the right, with a big sheet separating them that, right down the middle. And everyone Crazy. just fucked through the sheet. That's, <laughs> that's what they sell you, right? <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, someone like that, like... Could you ever imagine doing comedy in those places? Oh, no. He, in fact, he asked me uh, four years ago if I wanted to go, and I tried to put a set together for it. And I'm mm. a Jew, so I thought like I'd be, aff they, I'd be offensive just, just for being just a being Jew. Just being there. Yeah, and um, I panicked. I, I, I thought I had maybe 11 minutes that wasn't going to get me killed. Yeah. So I told him I couldn't do it. And then, uh, and then I, we were working in um, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, okay. which I had no idea was a Muslim country before I went on stage. I mean, you just informed me. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was eight. It was nine thousand people, and I found out the day before we were in Singapore. And when I walked up the stage, Russell Peters comes on. He says, "Have a hand for Greg. Uh, I'm bringing Jews to Kuala Lumpur tomorrow." And everyone went, "Ooh!" And I'm like, "Well, what? Ooh?" He goes, "Well, yeah, it's, it's a Muslim country." Like, no oh, way. So, uh, yeah, but uh, they were great. But you went up, and what did they get yeah. the jokes? Like, oh, they were great. Yeah, they understood everything. It yeah, was, they were a really good audience before you, before the show. Um, I asked the promoter if there was any kind of language restrictions. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, you can do what you want. I'm like, good, because I'm going to talk about being Jewish. He goes, no, 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 don't do that. Because <laughs> they, don't, they don't recognize Israel, don't do that. Uh, but then In the, Kuala Lumpur. Oh, yeah, Russell's brother was like, he's the tour manager. He's, he's like, fuck this guy, you do whatever you want. I'm like, all right. And then, and then a couple hours later, I saw the other promoter. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's giving me a hard time saying I shouldn't talk about being Jewish. And he like panicked. He's like, no, no, don't tell him you're Jewish. Oh, really? So I, I texted Russell's brother. I'm like, look, I don't think these guys are trying to boss me around. I think they, they have a general they're, they're concern trying to protect you. for my welfare, you know? And he's like, fuck them. You, you're Rogel, you do it. <laughs> don't worry yeah. about it. So, um, I you're kinda... Rogel. <laughs> you don't have a website. Do it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I put it in the middle when they're already liking me. I yeah. mentioned I was Jewish and nobody cared. So after that show, uh, they were great. And yeah. after the show, Russell's like, are you ready for the Middle East? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Now, that, that gave you the, the jumping off point. Yeah, that gave yeah. me some confidence. And, and Russell Peter's like, Everyone in the world knows him. Oh, he's huge. He, I, it's he just wild arenas. to me. You know, we did Madison Square Garden at the O2 Arena in London. L arenas worldwide. Yeah. You know. And it's amazing. Do you think that, I mean, like, is, is it just the internet has made us all be able to speak the same language? It's like, you know, it's like this the way we're communicating. Like, for them to know about, you know, kind of Jewish humor... Yeah, well, you know, I'm not really making doing fun. Jewish I know, humor. not Jewish humor, but I'm saying making fun of yourself and referencing a Jew yeah. when they're known to like not recognize Israel. Like, how do they even know? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of ignorance here in America. Yeah, you know, we um, just assume everyone's hateful and right, miserable. Right, and I think most people just want to live their lives. Yeah, you know, um, people were bending over backwards to make me feel comfortable. Everybody knew I was a Jew. Yeah, um, and we were in, you know, we were in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Oman, Jordan. 
and everybody treated me really, really well. There was, there was zero issues. The only issues I had were uh, like self-righteous Jews on Facebook, <laughs> you know, kept saying, how come you're not playing Israel? And, oh, you know, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I always say that like about like, I, I hate when people call like Trump a racist. Cause I'm like I'm like yeah maybe he said some ignorant things but like to call someone a racist like that's well, a serious well in, in uh well <laughs> Trump Trump uh, he courts racists and he's an opportunist fine um, maybe so he, come it's almost, one it's come worse. all it's bring worse your racist than being people a, I think it's worse than but being but I, I like my parents like I, I've said a, a million times like my parents are probably gonna vote for Trump and they're the only people the only you know race they hate are other Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the only that's the only one i've ever heard them talk shit about and uh, i'm like yeah i got you know so i it just feels like it's it's interesting that like your own are the hardest on you oh yeah I mean, people tell me turn. i was gonna get my head cut off and um really yes yeah, kind of nerve i mean and you, i mean we were just talking so you went all over the world and you have this great opportunity you and russell are good buddies and you know everybody I yeah like- i met him at the cellar four years ago uh, yeah he was just I, i'd never met him before and he knew me mm. he said he was a fan of mine and <laughs> I, I didn't fucking believe him yeah and then he invited me he said you want to do a date with me i'm like yeah so we did um constitution hall in dc it was like a four thousand okay. seat it's a beautiful yeah theater. then after the show we're just having some food with eric b uh, uh dj from the 80s okay and, uh, he just turns to me he goes you want to go to london i'm like uh yeah all right so the next day i get an email from his brother yeah you're gonna do the whole european tour which was amazing. I mean, now you're just like, oh my god, yeah, right. And yeah. It, and it's you're jumping on the jet. It's not like get on Delta flight. Oh no, we, I'm the only Jew on the planet who has a gold status on Emirates Air, <laughs> first class cabins with showers, the showers yeah, and everything, private cabins. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. you're on masseuse and the whole deal. The whole thing. We're they, they give you pajamas. You're on the tarmac, just walking around with martinis and pajamas. <laughs> it's hilarious. You ever meet chicks? Oh yeah. On the flights and you bring them into the... Uh, not on the flights. No, okay. No. But in like the, you know, the lounge, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, after the shows. Oh, my God. This is, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so all of you guys should go follow Greg. He's obviously, he's super funny and great. At Greg Rogel, two Gs, two Ls. Go follow him. Support him. No website. So no website. No, don't even yeah, and I, fact, search the web. Yeah, and I, I, I have very little Twitter presence. <laughs> also. Very, but get involved. Yeah. You'll yeah, maybe he'll tweet out a date at some point. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Give it a go. You ready for the emails? Sure. Let's do it. We're gonna answer some emails. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com here with Greg Regal. Let's do this one. I like this one's a little bit tattoo. Okay. The midget from Fantasy Island. That's the, exactly. This okay. is J Train. So the girl I I love got a tattoo and I can't get over it. I told her I'd be fine with a small one, but I wasn't happy about it. She went on and on how she didn't want me to lose attraction to her, and if I said no, she wouldn't do it. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets a big old rib cage tattoo that covers a whole lot of territory about without warning. Yes, I know it. Ta- I know some tats can be hot. This one is not. I want to still be with her because I care about her and I love her. But how do you date someone you're no longer attracted to physically? This girl's a solid nine, by the way, or was by my standards. Thanks for the help. Well, he's no longer attracted to her because she has a tattoo. I, apparently, I, I'm thinking he might be gay. Oh, really? Yeah. That's <laughs> first call gay. Tattoo's not going to turn me <laughs> off. Well, that's the thing. You I could I, shear the legs off of a nine, and I'm still going to be yeah. <laughs> that legless nine. You're like, oh. Need that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with you. But I think this is a me problem, not a you problem. Yeah. You know, like you look at one of these, like, I don't think we're all a tattoo away from losing a boner. No way. No way. No way. There, and I always say, like, I, that's why I want to date a hairstylist. 
Because they always change up their hair. It's like dating seven different girls. Oh, there you go. You know, without having to change, you know, look at your phone. Like, you know, like it's great. Yeah. Well, they, what's the, what is it a tattoo of? If it, I mean, if, you know, if it's a giant dick, maybe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's another dude's penis. <laughs> just like the, the, it just says best penis I've ever had. And you're like, I don't recognize that mole. Why do you have that? I don't know. I think this is one of those situations where it's like, look in the mirror, buddy. Maybe yeah. you didn't love her as much as you thought. Also, her getting the tattoo that he's... First of all, I don't like... With anybody you date, do you ever take a stance like that? No. You're just like, don't do... Like, that's not your body. You don't have control over that. No. If anything, it makes her want to get the tattoo more. I would think so. Right? Yeah. And also, the other thing about this is that the reason he's... Un, you have to look at the reason he's unattracted to her now. It's not because she got the tattoo. I'm sure she looks great. It's that he is now dealing with a person that he doesn't know. He thought he was dating girl who doesn't get tattoo girl. Now he's dating girl who gets tattoo that covers half of her body girl. And what else could be different? Right. You know, so now you're wondering, maybe you guys don't really match up mind wise. And this is just the first time you've ever felt that. And that's why you're like, oh, I'm not attracted to her. Don't blame the tattoo for your problems, right. you know, emotionally with this person. Right. We do that all the time. I'd be like, oh, you know, she doesn't want to go to the park. And it's like, well, no, she just doesn't. You don't like going to places with her. You know? right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that the park isn't the issue. It's the person you're going with. Right. Now, it would take a, a lot of ink to make me not want a nine. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. Here with Greg Rogel. At Greg Rogel, two Gs, two Ls. Coming off as cocky in the workplace. Did you ever? What did you do before doing comedy? I worked at a corrugated box factory. Really? Driving a high-low. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't the box factory like the the punchline boring job? Like, oh, like, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. You know, I just uh, loaded skids with boxes onto a truck and yeah. counted them. And that was, did that for 40 hours a week. Oh, my God. What was the first time you got into, like, what, what made you go in? Uh, well, I was in college. Where'd uh, you go to school? Albany. Albany. Yeah. And that's a fun school. Yeah. 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 Sold a lot of weed in Albany. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that was my thing. But this is you in the, the 80s. Weed guy? This is in the 80s. Yeah. Well, my, all of us, the whole, the whole suite, we all competed with each other. Like, we'd divvy up the weed. Yeah. And then, we'd, 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 then the people would knock on the door, and we'd fucking fight to see who gets to sell it. This we, is the most Jewish thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, they all, yeah, all the Jews in college. <laughs> so that's weed. like walking down uh, 47th Street, the Diamond District of, uh, <laughs> of marijuana. If you walk down 47th Street in Manhattan, there's all these just Jews out there being like, buy diamonds, buy diamonds. And you were doing that with the weed. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a good strain. I got a good mellow yellow. Yeah, back then it, it was uh, it was seeds or no seeds. It was the oh, 80s. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I'm old. This is the 80s. <laughs> this guy writes, uh, Dear J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Been listening to the podcast since you were plugging me undies, having Mark Norman on your show, and you were opening for YouTube celebs. I opened for a YouTube celebrity, and he went on and did 20 minutes of dancing to Mariah Carey. Wow. And had a thousand people screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah. It was insanity that was like eight weeks ago yeah that was like, <laughs> <laughs> now you have big boy sponsors like wix and you're sitting at the comedian's table at the cellar and you still have mark norman on your show so i guess not everything's changed <laughs> regardless it's been a pleasure seeing you on the podcast and the podcast grow i can't wait to till more of america's youth receives uh sagely tal talmudic wisdom <laughs> shout out to manson for making sure the podcast doesn't turn into the rnc 
Uh, feather back uh, in my quill. Here's my issue. I have a very specific vibe, mentality, attitude my whole life that I feel like you'd relate to. I'm competitive and assertive, but still outgoing and easygoing, if that makes sense. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make Those no. are two opposite yeah. things, but I, I, I see where this is going. My whole life, is I've been the one who rallies the troops and gets shit done who goes up to girls way out of his league and invites them to rage cage. I've learned early on that I'll never get anything in life by being a pussy, that being 5'8 and a strong medium means that there will always be someone taller, wealthier, better looking, but no one can outwork or outfund me. I'm a cocky asshole, and I'm proud of it. All right. Okay. That shtick works great in fraternity sports teams and bro environments, but I've learned over the past few summers that it does not apply uh, does not work in internships and in the office word world. I've had to really struggle each time to tone my, my personality down. When I've succeeded and my coworkers somehow don't think I'm a meathead, I realize how shitty I feel by being someone I'm not at work. I'm coming into my last year of college and living the office life isn't going to be a temporary summer thing anymore pretty soon. I won't be able to afford to turn people off like that. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to not give a shit what people think, but what people think of you determines shit like promotions. I feel like a good amount of your listeners can relate, and I'm wondering what your advice is. I want to be successful, but more importantly, happy in my career. Uh, but spending 45 plus hours a week putting on a face and acting like a little bitch for the rest of my life sounds demoralizing. Is there a happy, strong medium? <laughs> do I suck it up and bear it, or do I say fuck it and go into comedy by stealing all of your jokes? Thanks, OKP listener. I don't think stealing my jokes is going to help him very much. <laughs> yeah, he's asking advice from two people who never had real jobs. No, well, I, this is, well I, I worked in finance for a few years. Oh, you did? I sold life insurance and annuities, and that just wasn't for me. But like, there are people that did it, and I was like, man, I wish I loved this like you love it. Yeah, no, there's nothing to love about that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, maybe they act like they love it. What do you think? Have you ever dealt with someone? Like, I mean, in comedy, you see these like big cocky personalities, I'm sure. Like, you know... Have you ever, you know, how would you deal with this? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I've never towed the line. So, you know, I like, I, if I had to have a day job, I would have probably offed myself a long time. <laughs> yeah, it would have been over. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was pretty cocky coming out of college. Yeah. Um, I was the cockiest. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear where this guy's coming from. Like, I think the toughest thing, the worst thing he could, I like the email. It's a little long, but like, I like it because it just, all his personality is put on the table. Yeah. You know, like he's saying a lot about himself, but a lot of people can say whatever they want about themselves. You know, what he's saying, I'm a go-getter. I don't want to be a little bitch. I don't want... And all that stuff never sounds good. Yeah. Well, it looks good on a resume, perhaps. But the resume is all the shit you've done. You can flower it up as much as possible, but always people can always call out the bullshit. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I demonstrated how to work in a good environment. It's like, no, you didn't do shit. You know, like you can tell when someone's writing something about themselves to look good as opposed to what did you fucking do? Yeah. You know, so I, I think like the thing about hard workers is like no one wants to hear that someone's a hard worker. Right. Like, if someone told me they're hard work, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, it's standard bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's so easy to say you're the hardest worker in the room, but now I'm looking at the room, and it's a, it's a fucking mess. <laughs> you know, yeah. why haven't you cleaned up, you yeah. know? And I think, like, the problem with being the hard worker is it's seen, it's a lagging residual. People don't see it until later on. So you could think you're the hardest worker in the room and look around at everyone else in the room, and they'll be like, you know, and no one's going to tell you. 
right. until it's down the line when you've had success and things come up. So I think like my advice to this guy is fucking do and stop saying. Good advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just never, I've never, and I think in comedy you kind of like you can see this a lot where you see someone like get success and you'll be like, I, I watch them do shit, but you know some people get success without doing shit. Yeah, well, a lot of it's personality driven. Personality driven, yeah. but also the, for this guy, the personality driven thing is like he wants to tell everyone he's a hard worker. So it's like, okay. Maybe you're a hard worker, but maybe... Get to work. Get to fucking work. Right. Yeah, the more you talk about it is the less work you're fucking doing. Right. And the people will realize that. That, you know, that always... Those cream... That type of cream rises to the top. As right. far as like, oh, who's the person you see hard, working hard all the time? That guy. Yeah. There's no disputing it. The more you talk about it, the more there's room to dispute it. Right. You know? Yeah, but well, in this industry, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, persistence and talent, uh, you know, will keep you working might not get you to the top, but it'll yeah. keep you working. It'll keep you going. Yeah. And this is really what this guy wants, to keep working and have a good job, but it'll come. You just have to trust. And if you think you're a hard worker, keep being the hard worker, yeah. and it'll come. Right. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Greg Regal. Two Gs, two Ls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, guys, we got a sponsor. You know him, you love him, Harry's. Stop compromising on your shave, get started with Harry's. For far too long, you've either paid too much for a comfortable shave or you've settled for a low price but low quality razor. Harry's offers something you've never had before, a great shave at a fair price. Harry's makes his own high quality razors, cuts out the middleman and ships them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Good shave, good price. It's simple. Get the best of both worlds with Harry's. That's what they want me to read. Let me tell you how I feel about Harry's. I fucking love Harry's, Okay. They mail you the shit right to your door. You don't have to deal with the guy at CVS. You know, oh, let me get the condoms. They, they should have this for condoms, too. There's an idea, Harry's. Yeah, why do they make it so difficult to get cut? Like, it should be in the back corner. You can just yeah, get it let quietly. Me, let me yeah. just get this thing. But also, like, why? I want all of my things that I need on a monthly basis just mailed to my door. And what? this is what Harry's does for you. You can go on the site. It's super easy to use. And here's what you do. You go get the Harry's starter set called the Truman. It's a great option for new customers, an amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code JTRAIN. Go to harrys.com right now. Look for the Truman set. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter code JTRAIN at checkout. Get $5 off. Help support the show. Stop compromising. Give Harry's a try today. Listen, go use Harry's. Go to harrys.com. Promo code JTRAIN. They're good razors. And I know you guys don't even care about good versus bad razors. You just want cheap. They're also cheap. Yeah, so, and go with the Truman, not not the Lincoln or not the, the Lincoln. You want yeah, the Truman. Those one. will cut you. Yeah, those will get you. They'll they'll fuck with you. Okay, you want the Truman one now? Go check it out. Harrys.com. What do you think about this one? I like this. I like a a female one. I like that. It's a chick email. How do you find him? Play it out. 
Dear J Train, I'm a female listener. Recently, I went to one of my favorite fraternities' first parties of the semester. Although I feel a little out, uh, feeling a little out of the loop because I definitely don't know the girls anymore, and the guys I am close with were understandably trying to swoop on girls. Granted, I'm a fifth year, 21 years old though, if that's relevant. And the guys that I am close with now are now alum. Now it's all newly active and pl- actives and pledges. I feel like the, these are changing times, and I'm not sure how to adjust. Any advice would be appreciated. Love this podcast, and I'm always referring friends. Listen in. Thanks for responding to my snaps. Anytime. What do you think? I recommend the full body tattoo. <laughs> That'll get you a whole new group of friends. <laughs> Have you ever, you know, you ever feel like you go back to something and you're like, oh, this is different? Uh, yeah, like right now. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> is this different? Well, you know, it's, uh, I've, been, I've been doing this almost 25 years. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's a younger game now. You know? With the comedy in general. Yeah. 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 So I feel like the old man. So um, I'm, I'm trying. That's why I'm doing podcasts. Now, now you're I'm, gonna, try, I'm trying to, <laughs> to get, you know, like all, the, all this stuff has gotten ahead of me. Yeah. Know? Well, do you ever like go back, like you come on a podcast like this, you, are you, like that in itself is you saying, okay, let's fucking do it. I'm adapting. Yeah. Adapting. Yeah. That, that, I think that's an adaptive thing. You never want to be the guy that's like, get off my lawn. Right. You know, and like, like, what this girl could be is doing that. You could, you know, especially in, it's kind of like going back to high school and like the seniors run the school. You know what I mean? So it's like they're setting the tone for the rest of the school. You have to go back and be like, yeah, I'm up for this tone. Right. Or go somewhere else. Yeah. You need to adapt and just try to relax and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be above the party. No. Is really the thing. Because if you walk in and you're like, well, they used to do it this way and they used to be this way, you're just yucking everyone's yum. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everyone in that room is having the best time and you're like, and it's the worst, like, and people do it with like pledging. They do it with like, they do it with comedy. Oh, back in the 80s, everyone was making so much. Yeah, but it's not the 80s anymore. No. You know, it's so fucking living the reality that you're in. Yeah. So, and, and people do it with colleges. Oh, last year, the school didn't care about drinking. Okay, then fucking figure it out. You know, go, go drink somewhere else. Go find a new party. Get creative. So I think for her, what you're seeing isn't wrong. You're not the, like, I think junior year of college is when you run, like, you set the tone for the partying mm-hmm. that's going on at your fraternity or your group of friends, whatever it may be. Once you're beyond that junior year, you got to let those juniors set a tone. And if you don't like it, it's okay, but don't poo-poo it. Go right. hang out with some other friends. Maybe that's not the place for you anymore. It's okay to grow and evolve. Yeah, if, she, if she's, you know, if you outgrow it, then yeah. move on. And you're 21. I would invest, and I also don't think it's like, I think you being the girl at the fraternity party that doesn't know any of the other girls, that's very tough position you're putting yourself into. Because you got the guys that are trying to fuck all the girls that they don't know. Yeah. You got all the girls looking at you being like, why the fuck is she here? She doesn't know anyone here. Go to another place where guys are trying to swoop in on you. <laughs> right? Go to a bar. You're 21. Yeah, go, go to an office party. Yeah, fine. Go to an office party. Find a boss. You know, no, but I'm saying like, go find, get your girls together that you do know and you have fun with and go create your own fun time at a bar and your boys that are swooping in on young chicks are going to realize that they're not that fucking good at it and they're going to come back to you. There you go. Yeah. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrain podcast at gmail.com here with Greg Rogel at Greg Rogel two G's <laughs> two L's go check them out super funny fucking great X banging a good friend you ever had sex with a girl that used to date a friend yeah 
how'd that go? Well, they were still dating. <laughs> they were still dating? Yeah, well, this is a while ago. Yeah. That was, that was, what happened? That was a mistake. Oh, uh, yeah, well, we got drunk one night and um, I was giving her a ride. She, she ended up being at a bar that I was hanging out at. Okay. And uh, he was away. Mm. And um, I went to drop her off at home because her friend had left. So I told her I'd give her a ride. And uh, she told me she was locked out of the house. She was lying. Um, so she wanted to get with us. Yeah. So then she mm. stayed at my place and then. Um, I let her, you know, I let her sleep. I slept on the couch. I let her sleep in the bedroom. But then she asked me to come in and just sleep in the bed. She, mm. So and that's we, a, we that's always up, yeah, that's yeah. always the that's, you know that's so. always one of those like uh, yeah I don't really feel comfortable. Oh, this one night of all the nights you need a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. So, so you went in the room. You were like I went in the room. I mean, how how yeah. much can a guy take at that point? Yeah, you know, I was drinking. She's good looking. In your defense, in your defense, I, I felt bad about it. Yeah, but uh, how'd was, you break it to the front? Uh, she broke it to him. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and how did that go? Uh, he never spoke to me again. Never again. No, I you know I called him. You know I apologized. I told him he didn't want to come hit me or do it. But uh, once once that happens, it's yeah. fucking over. Was it's it a really over. close friend? No, not really. I mean, we you know we all hung out as a group of guys. Yeah, um, but that's one of those things. Better. It's tough. Better. It's tough because he looks at you as his defeat. You're not even like a person anymore. Right. No. Like he looks at you as someone that is, you know, and you're you're just a you're uh, you're like a metaphor. For what he couldn't add up to. Well, I was the backstabbing asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if if you're now friends again, don't, he's yeah, got to yeah. look at you at every turn and be like, "Oh, that's that's the thing that I, you know, that was someone that she went to instead of me." Right, but also, it's just it, it's ruined. You can't, uh, you know. Even if I saw him, I mean, it's been I haven't seen the guy in twenty years. Yeah. Um, even if I did, it it, it wouldn't it, go it well. Would nev- he'll never let that. Go. This guy writes Shalom Jew Train. First off, big time fan of the podcast. You man, Sam, and the guests always give serious quality advice, and I love telling my brothers and friends about the show. Keep it up. Here's the deal: I just broke up with my girlfriend about a month ago. I'm a senior at Oregon this year, and before we dated, she was one of my best friends throughout all of college. So they were best friends, and then they started dating. The breakup was shitty, but I was doing fine until I learned that she's been smacking guts with, I like smacking guts, uh, with a close friend of mine. So they've broken up. Right. Now she's with the close friend. It doesn't surprise me because she's a slut. <laughs> he really <laughs> he really left her in the dust <laughs> in one sentence. But I'm definitely in a weird place as far as how to handle my friend. He and I spend a, lot, a ton of time together, and most of my friends live with him. So he's always going to be around. I'm not the type of guy to hold a grudge and be a pussy about things, but it definitely hits me in the feelings. So I'm confused about what about how to go about the rest of the year. I could say fuck him and just be civil with him or could try to patch it up. Neither of those options seem that appealing to me, so help me out. How do I go through this year knowing that my buddy is giving it to my ex? Thanks for the feedback, man. The podcast makes my monthly road trip from Oregon to Chicago way less shitty. What do you think? Oh, you know... uh how does he deal with people them? are young? They fuck up. Yeah, like the, the, the you know they were already split up. Yeah, you know what I mean. So my advice would be if you really you know if you really like the guy, you should be friends and then um, try to fuck whoever he's fucking down the road. <laughs> yeah, you know go, what I mean? Because right now you Plot have him. one. You, yeah, you, you know what I mean. He, he has one. He owes you one. Yeah, you can you can get him back. Yeah, at you some got time. a freebie. You have it in your concerned. pocket. I I I think with this, the fact that they were broken up and then they went, you know, own the fact that you. We're the first man on the moon. <laughs> you know, like, okay. like kind of take some pride in knowing that you were the first and be happy about that. You yeah. know, right now, the reason they're together is because it's easy. 
if you think about it. The easiest next person to date right. is the friend you made through your boyfriend because you didn't really have to try and go out and meet anyone new. So they're really coming together out of convenience. convenience yeah. Because your friend didn't have to go and meet a new chick and create a whole relationship with him. You brought this chick to him that he had to be cool with. She didn't go out and meet a new guy because she liked him or you know worked at getting to know him. She knew this guy because you brought him to the table to her and you gave him a sexless place to meet. So you've done them the, this whole huge favor that they can't do on their own. And to me, it makes them less than. Yeah. You know, like own that. Yeah, be the bigger guy. Be the bigger guy. But also, and I'm going to read, I, I like this Maya Angelou quote. quote. I quote Maya Angelou. On Especially this, when it comes to- uh, When it comes to fucking your friends, <laughs> but, friends chick. I like, a, we should get some Maya Angelou music going right now or something. When someone, and I like this quote because I, I heard it the other day and I'm into this quote. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Take a minute to let that, take a minute. Huh? <laughs> I like that quote because it's like, listen, you, some people just are who they are, yeah. you know? And like, you know, we, we want some of our friends to be better sometimes than they can be. And some people are just useful at their things that they do. So like this guy, you know, for the rest, you know, you don't have to hate him. Right. You don't have to like, well, it doesn't Hold reflect well on you. Just be, being the angry, yeah, bitter no. guy. Be cool with him, but yeah. just don't. But don't. Don't look, trust him. But don't trust him. <laughs> right. You know, like he's just he's just an untrustworthy guy. Right. And maybe he'll try and work back into your you know your trusted graces. But this is an, an instinct that twenty years down the line you're gonna be like, yeah, but he's a guy who would fuck my girlfriend after right. I dumped her. Just just know what you just know, know who you're dealing with. Know who you're dealing yeah. with. And I think that's more, you know, knowing it and accepting it and having no you know, taking the emotion out of it is like, oh, he's a guy who would fuck my ex. Yeah. Got it. And not I, not gonna really count on him in my dire moments. Right. And I think it's better to know who those people are than to not. Yeah. And with this guy, you know it. And and that doesn't mean be a dick. That doesn't mean to hold on to the grudge. No, just be, be like, be a bigger man. Be a bigger man. Be cool but just with him. Know who you're dealing with. Just every time you see him, put your finger up to his nose, and just be like, yeah, I've smelled it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to do, okay? And he'll know. Just put your finger up to his nose, and just be like, you know what I'm talking about. I've been there. And smile and walk away. That's all you got to do. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Greg Rogel. At Greg Rogel. Two G's. Two G's. And two, two L's. L's. I love that. <laughs> I love it. All right, so we, we, hold on. We, before this, we were talking about it. I saw Dave Chappelle last night. Yeah. He showed up and you, you've known him forever. I've known him for years. Yeah. I for love years. Dave. Love Dave. He's helped me out in the past. He has? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've toured with him. Um, it, well, he came because Will Sylvans, who was also it was also on the show, he was mm -hmm. just with him in London. Yeah, and it's just wild that like he just comes up, he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm like I know who." Yeah, I did London with him back in like '93. Really? Yeah, he was like 18, I was 22, whatever. If I'm doing the math right, but we were kids. Yeah, and uh, we toured all over London. And uh, what was that like? Time. We had a great time. We went into a strip club during the day once. It was it during was, the day. Yeah, it was just me and him. The place was empty. And the wings. And um, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> they got the strip club wings out. The stripper comes out and she's she's wearing like a full body suit and leotards. Like yeah. One piece.
piece and leotards. And she, she puts uh. a towel on the ground and she goes, I'm just going to do some stretching exercises for you. I'm not going to take my clothes off. So uh, I'm like, yeah, no, you, you're a stripper. You need to take your clothes off. She goes, I'm not <laughs> stripping for you. And then she points to Dave. She goes, and I'm not stripping for you. You're colored. So he turns to the no ba- way. <laughs> he turns to the bouncer. He goes, "Yo, can we get another stripper? This one's a racist." <laughs> <laughs> Just ordering new ones. <laughs> and, <laughs> this uh, one came out wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, the guy just said, finish your drinks and get the fuck out of here. Really? Yeah, and he just tossed us out. Yeah. So that was really a racist place. <laughs> that was a very they, racist they, place. They, that was their way of saying, yeah. like having the sign outside, you know, separate yeah. water fountains in here. Yeah, that was, it was pretty uh, What were we going to a strip awakening. club during the day? That was just... We, 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 were, kicking, we were there for three weeks. Um, we had a lot of time. And um, uh, we wanted to walk in. We, you know, just walking down the street. We saw a strip club. We're like, let's do it. Yeah. You know? That's so cool. I mean, like, and now you like looking back, you're like, like you've gone all over the world with comedy. That's insane. Yeah, a lot of traveling. A lot, a lot of, of travel. travel. Yeah, Dave helped me a lot too. Like when, uh, um, you know, I had a lot of success in the late 90s. I had mm-hmm. a deal with NBC, a deal with Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a what I thought was a pending sitcom coming out and all this money. Yeah. And then it kind of, I was also in an eight-year relationship. Um Everything fell apart at the same time. Like uh, I had the big breakup oh, and shit. the shows didn't get picked up and I was stuck out in LA. I wasn't making a lot of money and um, I was depressed and Dave came out, he came to my house and he's like, you need to get back to New York. And uh, so he took me on the road with him. We did a bunch of tour dates. Mm-hmm. I put some money in my pocket and then I moved back to New York. Are you happier started. back in New York? Uh, yeah, I like working in the city. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, a, there's plenty of work for me out here. I've had a foothold here for a long time. And there's also like an energy. I feel like you go to LA and there's- LA, there's, LA it's very isolating, Los yeah. Angeles. Um, just you can't really make a living in Los Angeles, and you do, you have to do a lot of road work to make money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because the clubs they pay absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in New York, uh, there used to be a lot of better clubs here in the city too. About ten years ago, yeah, um, I was doing like thirty shows a week. Like you could just make you can make almost a grand a week just running around the city doing just hustling. Yeah, you really can't do that as much anymore. Also, that I've like gone L.A. with nothing to do. Oh, it's really it's killing. the first three weeks I was out there. I'm like, this is easy. This yeah. is great. You know, it's, it's you know, the beach. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's yeah. tropical. And um, but then uh, by by like three months into it, I was just ready to blow my fucking head. You were, it was <laughs> game over. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I've seen the same guy in the tight T-shirt at the coffee place every, every single day. Yeah. How does he even have money? <laughs> That's L.A. is a place where it's like I don't understand where everyone's getting their money. No, because there's a lot of older people that are beautiful. And they're just walking around a Tuesday at three. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, how is this happening? You get a weird mix out there. Even like, like up in Malibu, you get all the rich people. But there are people that lived in, have been living in Malibu for 30 years mm. when it wasn't really an expensive place to live. So you yeah. get this, this weird mix of super wealthy and borderline homeless people. You know? Yeah. And I, I also think in New York, you have to rub elbows with people. And that makes you, it makes you kind of like... It it, it it real it makes everything a little bit more real. Like you're passing, you're like rubbing elbows with the homeless guy on the subway. You know, like you're like, okay, that could happen to me, right? You know, you're rubbing elbows with the girl with a baby who's in her twenties, and you're like, okay, that could be me too. <laughs> you're seeing the old geriatric person in the upper east side. You're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die soon. Like in LA, you could just be in your car and you're surrounded by your own space, right? You know, there's no, you know, I a lot of more time with yourself. Yeah. In New York City, everybody's on top of you. There's no one I don't want to spend more time with than myself. And I just don't. <laughs> Let's do one more email. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Two different boobs. 
two different boobs. You mean, you mean like one on the left is different than the one on the right? I don't know. It could be two different stupid people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or it could be two different uh, boobs. We, uh, this is the fun of the emails. You, Papa JT, I need your wisdom. First, been listening to the podcast, even turned my female roommate onto it. Keep it up. She wants to personally feather your nuts. Huh. Snap me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, let's get to my problem. I met up with this chick, a 776. We have a rating system here on the podcast. Okay. Area code method, face, body, personality, 776. Okay. We met online and she came over shortly after we began talking. Within minutes, we were making out and things were getting hot and heavy when she stopped me and said she didn't want to have sex. I was fine with that. We continued, but she seemed to feel the need to defend her choice and stop once more to say her boobs are different sizes. Wow. What a boy! How do you even bring that? Listen, yeah, that's an, that's I got an A and a B. <laughs> you decide which is which. Now I'm not naive. I know two. I know no two boobs without surgery are perfectly alike. I agree with him. You, you don't. They're not always alike. But whatever. Anyways, at the stroke of midnight, like Cinderella, she got up and said she had to go home. I have one of those old antique clocks, and as soon as the grandma-loving chime finished singing, something switched inside her. Next thing I know, she no. She's like, who is like, she's like 411 tackles me. Things are getting hotter and heavier than before and clothes start to come off. I unhook the bra and then what I see, then I see what she meant. One boob was a D and the other a a B, maybe even an A. Wow. That's a huge difference. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to react. And after seeing my reaction, she quickly redressed and ran out the door. Wow. Haven't heard from her since. How do I apologize? And if she does talk to me again, how should I handle the mismatched breasts? Do I fondle one over the other? Wow, that's that's a that's an interesting situation. This is, right there. Listen, only here on the J Train podcast. Do you uh, do you get a Maya Angelou quote? <laughs> two and different it's two different titties. Right. <laughs> an an itty titty, big titty disaster. What do you think? What does he do? Uh, well, does he? You uh, ever seen two different sized boobs like that? Not like that. No, no, no I've never. Um, she. It seemed like what happened was they hooked up. She was like, "Do I even trust this guy to like show?" show him this mountain vista that I got going on. And she was like, uh, and then she did trust him, took him off, and then his reaction wasn't in line with the trust level that she had built up over the time. He did a spit take, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You> know, <laughs> say what? <laughs> That's how you don't, you don't want to respond to the do different size boobs as <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're in a commercial for Pepsi. You're drinking what? I talk on him like one of those old phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the rotary yeah, phone, he's the, got one of the... They said, <laughs> who's coming to town? You know, <laughs> how would you... You got to go back to her like well, hat in hand. If, well, he wants to get back with her. The, the, I would too. I just want... I would want to just see... Just out of curiosity? Yeah, curiosity. Why yeah. not, right? I, I would let her know that I'm like cool with it. Like... Yeah, well, I think when she had when she stopped it to say, "Hey, just to let you know, I have two Yeah, he should have been like, "Well, let me see. I'm sure they're fine." And then yeah. he's got to react positively to that, but you know, and he obviously ship fucked has that sailed. Up. Yeah. yeah, that ship sailed. I, there's nothing he can really do. You can't force someone to feel more comfortable with you. All you can say to her is like, "Hey, listen, I'm really sorry with how things ended up the other night. I'd love to hang out again." And what you do is you don't make it about the hangout has to outdo your last hangout. So the next hangout has to be um, straight motorboat. Straight, <laughs> you got to go straight in. You know, it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to be equal size boob worthy. <laughs> you know, you got to give her well, a full two boob date for the one and a half boob girl. <laughs> I think if he if he if he sincerely wants to go yeah. out with her again, I think uh, I think she would. Uh, 
But here's how they met. They met online. She comes right over. There's no investment. She knows that. He's only in it for sex. So the minute she went, he took off the breast, the, 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 the bra saw the different boobs. She knew that the one thing that they wanted to be there for, he was disappointed with. Right. And now if he wants back, she just assumes he has a weird fetish. For a weird fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm saying I have, apparently. Uh, but I'm saying she, he can go back to her and be like, hey, listen, I'm in it for more than the sex. Like, let's, I, I'd actually like to go with coffee. Yeah, I think and, she would. Uh, and I think she'd be up for that. I, I think so. And then you give more attention to the smaller tit. You know, and now, and now that the cat is out of the bag, yeah. so to speak, she, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that. Now it's going to be a better conversation. You I can, think so. You've, had, you've gotten over that. You've gotten past that, the hump. The hump. You've over the hump. <laughs> <laughs> the, the medium hump <laughs> and the bigger hump, you know, all at the same time. Attention to the small titty, right? Huh? That's the one that gets your attention, right? If you're hooking up, what do yeah, you well, give? I think, well, I think perspective-wise, it's, 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 like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's almost like a 3D movie. Yeah. You took off one of the, lift up one side of the glasses. One popped out first, the other punched him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see him. Yeah, I'm curious about I, that. I'd love to see. I'm sure we could Google different size titties and it would come up. But, let's give that a shot. You have a computer right in front of you. Yeah. We'll do that during the break. Greg, thank you for coming on and answering the emails. Hey, thanks. This thanks, is fantastic. Man. We're going to come back with hypotheticals in the news. All of you go follow Greg on Twitter, at Greg Rogel. Two Gs, two Ls. Go check them out. Super funny. We're going to come right back with news and hypotheticals. Stick around. What's up, guys? This is Rob Fox from the Inside TFM Podcast. You can hear us every Thursday talk about all the dumb drunk shit we did and what's going on at TFM and our takes on uh, just what's going on around colleges in the country. So subscribe to us on iTunes or you can catch us on the site every Thursday. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Greg Rogel, thank you for coming on, man. Two Gs. Two Gs, two Ls. Two Ls. I love it. Um, uh, that was fantastic. Thank you for answering the emails. Thanks for having me, man. During the break... We Googled two different size boobs. Yes, and look at this. I do, all I do at Google was two different size boobs. And the first thing that caught BuzzFeed, you got to give them credit. They have a list for everything. 21 struggles of having two different size boobs. I didn't know this was a struggle. <laughs> How could there be 21? I, they, you are constantly trying to perk the smaller boob up a bit more. I didn't know that this is... <laughs> I, I feel like there's like they have a list. You could search like black woman in a wheelchair lesbian and it'd be like 30 struggles of being a black woman in a wheelchair with a lesbian <laughs> with a small tit fetish you know like it would come up man sam thank you for coming on yeah have a beer at man sam on twitter mandatory samson podcast every friday here on the standard new york, new york labs network here's the last one um 21 you worry about the inevitable sag of your boobs as you age and wonder if the larger one is going to look completely different yeah it will it's bigger. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the little boob comes into play. Yeah, right. You know, like well, over the, time, the little boob becomes the better boob. The better boob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a child. You know, the one that like doesn't do as well in school at first. That's the one that's the real genius. Yeah, you know, that's the one that has to overcome and you know come out of it. So let's do some uh, let's do some news. Oh, I thought we were gonna do some hypotheticals. Oh, we could do a hypothetical. Yeah, I sure. I mean, well, whatever. We can I like I like this one. <clears throat> This is a, a good one. So the hypothetical you read uh, a few episodes back got me thinking. You were really into Jennifer Love Hewitt. So here's my question. Okay, so Jennifer Love Hewitt, 
I gave what was the that was a while ago. Yeah, it feels like a while ago. We did a hypothetical. It's like what celebrity would you want to get with? Mm-hmm. And and Jennifer Love Hewitt was my go-to. Which celebrity with three names would be your go-to lay? Ah. Oh. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Catherine Zeta Jones, Sarah Michelle Geller, Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, Melissa Joan Hart, Mary Kate Olson, Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan, any others I'm leaving off. Lee Harvey of Oswald. Words. Jackie Joyner Kersey, Lee Harvey Oswald, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Jamie Lynn Spears, J- Sarah Jessica Parker. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Jamie Lynn Sigler, Carl Anthony Towns. Do you have any three namers that you'd go with? Uh, yeah, go back to the twin from Full House. <laughs> <That's a name>. uh, <laughs> Ashley and. Yeah, Mary Kate Olson. Yeah, Mary Kate yeah, Olson. That's go. the one? Yeah, that would be the one. She looks like a, you know, a mop. just a mop stick Uh, held up with you know smoky makeup what do you think sarah michelle geller was the first one to come to mind but jamie lynn sigler for sure from julia louis dreyfus i am so into her right now i i how do you stay hot for that long and funny and everything yeah she does have it all doesn't she she has it all she is and i was thinking about her the other day she has she's the only one that could just go from sitcom to sitcom yeah she went from Seinfeld successful to the old yeah new adventures of old new, Christine new adventures of old Christine successful Veep successful yeah. it's crazy but she's the only one who really doesn't need the work and she's already a multi millionaire multi 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 yeah. there's no I mean like and then she goes on Curb and she nails it on there yeah it's crazy uh, she's very talented oh my god I just want to be around that yeah and also she looks fucking hot oh if she had two different sizes tits it wouldn't even make a difference <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah i go with it i don't even care if one's an a and one's a double d <laughs> which would be wild that's what i want to see the a double d let's do one more all right oh the internet here is i don't know uh, dude I, i'm so distracted during the show i can't even get the wireless network won't even show up on my computer for some reason it's driving me insane this is bad I don't know what's going on. Well, whatever. I got the news. Let's do some do news. That. So Malia Obama, another picture came out of mm-hmm. her. A couple of weeks ago, a picture came out of her at like Lollapalooza or whatever the fuck event. And she was, it appeared that she was smoking a joint mm-hmm. with her friends. Now another picture came out where she's sitting in like a dorm room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge bong in front of her. She's not smoking out of it, but like, you know, you got to assume she's in the room. She's probably smoking it. And she's wearing a shirt that says smoking kills, which she's definitely high wearing that t-shirt. It's hilarious. But it's uh it was at University of Pennsylvania, a frat house. It's kind of weird to me, though, that people still get annoyed. Get at it. It's like, what do you, what do you want yeah. her to do? Yeah. yeah. She's a kid. Right. And I she's taking a year off between having no life living at the White House and going to Harvard. So it's not like she's a fuck up. Right? Is that what she's doing? She's taking a year off? Yeah, she's, she's just taking college. a break. Yeah. A break from what? Like <laughs> having, the, having everything. The, having <laughs> servants at the White House? Well, you know, what the 24-hour surveillance yeah. and all that shit. It's like, it's a lot, I'm sure. If I were her, I'd just go abroad. Like, why would she even stay here? But I guess she's probably not, has some restrictions Security on that. Security concerns, probably, yeah. yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Do people care about this shit? Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, but, you know, I guess they hold her to a higher standard because it's kind of, the president. Yeah, but what kind of loser kid is like, my role model is Malia Obama? <laughs> Like that's a loser. <laughs> if that's your role model, like yeah. they're supposed to be role models. No, they're not. Right. Well, but yeah. that's not they, really what it's about. They're though. They're fucking they're kids, kids of yeah. yeah. They're kids of the president. They they literally all they had to do was be born, born, yeah. and that's their their uh, a role model. No, fuck no. Yeah. Right. Well, what a, for, what a lazy parent. 
<laughs> to be like, look up to Malia Obama. It's for people uh, to score points against. You know, it's like, oh, look at Obama's kid now fucking up. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> <right>. <laughs> those people I like because they're almost cartoons of themselves. They're total cartoons. Yeah, like like oh, look at what Obama's teaching his kids. Like, no, that's not even right. Like a, a genuine point. Well, same thing with Hillary being sick. Look, she's sick. She can't be president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Where, uh, how's Malia looking? She looks good. Like, what do you mean? Like, physically? Does she look yeah, like she's, she's a drug look, addict? No, yeah, she's a good-looking good. girl? Yeah, I got the picture here. I could check. Oh, if the, the internet's not working, so we can't look at it. Will but. she be hot? That's my question. Yeah, I mean, she's attractive. I mean, she's going into college now. It's like, she looks good. How about, what do you think? Well, just being the president's daughter kind of adds a couple of notches yeah, yeah, yeah. to her anyway. I know? love how uncomfortable people get, like, the pre- why? I guess you have to have some respect for the office of the president, but we can't say that she's going to be hot. We can no, say it. We, we can say it. it. We can. Okay. Michelle <laughs> looks terrific. Michelle's gotten hotter over time. Michelle has gotten hotter since she first got in. Yeah. I do agree with that. Those arms, though, she'll take you the fuck out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. Let's do another story. Uh, Kim Jong-un, everybody's favorite dictator from North Korea, uh, apparently just forbade people from making sarcastic comments <laughs> at all about the regime the other day. Examples of a sarcastic expression that you can't say is like, this is all America's fault. Like, you know, like blaming someone that's obviously not America's fault Mm. on America. So no sarcastic comments whatsoever, especially because there's been a lot of like graffiti mocking the government over the last couple of weeks. So I guess they're worried that people are like coming out of it a little bit, but that's a fucking bizarre place. The more we hear about Kim Jong-un, the more I start to hate Malia Obama. Oh my God! Why? <laughs> He's the kid of a dictator. Yeah, no, that's so right. this is this is the you know the kid kid of the president probably has a lot of problems with sarcasm too. They never had to deal with this shit. You know, like I I just don't like. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean I'm obviously joking, but no. I I do think that like he can't handle any like. Can you imagine having like if he really hung out with people? You know. In his defense, yeah. <laughs> which I never okay. thought I'd ever say this, uh, it's actually probably a pretty tough life for him because, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, even though people, he, he's very well hated. Yes. Um, people are looking, he's constantly looking over his shoulder because somebody's yep. going to try to kill him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I think a lot of his policy is just driven straight from paranoia. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So any sarcastic comment leads to could possibly lead to his him being his, assassinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, uh, "No, you, that joke was really funny, and now I'm actually thinking about it." <laughs> yeah, I, and also, and and to your point, he's also uh, the only one in that country that has access to hearing what's going on in the whole world. So, so he hears that he is the butt of the world's jokes. He's the only one with BuzzFeed, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one looking at 21 ways Kim Jong-un's haircut fucking sucks today. Right. <laughs> and, and, he, and no one else in the country, like in the country, yeah, they think he's fucking God. Yeah. Well, but well, but right, he but, knows that he's the only one that knows. He knows he ain't a God. He ain't a God. Yeah. And he has to keep perpetuating it. Yeah, and if there's any joke about that, that jeopardizes the fact that it's like, yeah, of course he hit 18 yeah. holes in one that time he went golfing. Like, you know, it's like all that shit. Cause that's sarcastic. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. so great, but yeah, it's, no, it's serious. I mean, you know, if I was him, I'm, maybe I'd be executing people left and right. Yeah. I have no idea. You'd I'm, not have that, to be. I'm not in that position. If you yeah. could be one of two people, homeless guy in New York or Kim Jong-un. I'm going Kim Jong-un. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no Kim question. Jong-un. No question. Yeah. I'd be Kim no, Jong. Oh, no doubt. Middle class guy in the Midwest or Kim Jong Un? Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. <laughs> so you got to kill a couple people. Uh, Listen, a, few people. I, a few lives are worth me 
you know, getting to sit on a golden throne. Yeah. That's a good way to live, being Kim Jong Un. I gotta say, it's a very, it's a very strange. It's probably better to be like one of these Middle Eastern dictators as opposed to because at least you're in a world. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can Didn't have. You, like, you, hold on, you met a couple of Middle Eastern a princes. Princes yeah, partied, partied with the prince in, the, you did. in his palace in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, what was that like? Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you can't. There's no drinking. No so drinking. It's banned. Yeah, you can't drink. So, so what do they do? Um, they Luka? have these these guys come around with um it's it's Arabic what, the coffee. Prince, the prince of like, what? Uh, he was, he, I think he was the grandson of the first king of Saudi Arabia. Okay, um, and he was the one who actually brought us in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, I just came along for the ride. This is this is all this is Russell's joint. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And then they love Russell. So um, Russell's as much. That a was king his first time them. also in Saudi Arabia. Okay, uh, but actually, Russell met with the king of Jordan while we were performing in Jordan. Wow. And, uh, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wait, you go and party and so they after don't the have show, alcohol. After the show, yeah, it's a big, they had like the, it, it was like the top singer in the Middle East. Mm. Um, he performed for us and uh, he had this big feast. Okay. And you drink uh, Arabic coffee, which is, it. Uh, it's not really, it, it's made from coffee beans, but it, it kind of, it tastes like shit, but the, yeah. but the, uh, and you have to keep it's good shit. Like though. the guys show me the hand signs to tell the guy stop because you know, I didn't know how strong the coffee was. And it's really mm. it's really strong. Um, so you gotta you gotta wave the guy off. We'll just keep pouring it and pouring yeah. it and pouring it. And they also have this uh, Saudi champagne, which is sort of like this bubbly apple juice with fruit in it. it tastes pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no drinking. They're and no drinking. one's drunk. They're just high on the caffeine. Every, it's like yeah, yeah. And uh, it's weird. You know, it, it was it was uh, mostly men. Yeah. Um, and uh, like the guy singing and the, and the men are dancing. It's, it, you know, for a country that bans homosexuality, yeah. it was a fucking sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So when do the girls come? Like, when, are they all married? Is everyone there married? Like, uh, a woman can't, she has to, to even, she can't even leave the house alone. Like they have to, they have to have um, yeah. their husband with them or a family member. So what are they rationalizing? I mean, this is a maybe like what are they saying is fun? Like what are they saying the next day? Like oh, that was so much fun when you danced well, with well, me at the end of the party. <laughs> yeah, um, everybody hunted me. <laughs> the, the big Jew hunt. Yeah, they're, they're like, get, okay, release uh, the Jew. Actually, we went. Um, they invited me to go camping in the desert, mm. um, and my first thought was, no, I'm not yeah. doing this. But then. Um, uh, it was the prince's assistant. He said, "Why don't you come out? Come, uh, why don't you come out to the desert? I'll show you what I'm talking mm-hmm. about." So, uh, like three of us went out, um, and they brought ATVs, and we went driving on the sand dunes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's and great. He, and he showed us he had these big campgrounds. Uh, he had like seven giant tents. One was the dining room. One was the living room. No way. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, and so you just hang out. They have TV. Uh, no, not there was no TVs in the. Uh, in the desert, mm. um, but look at—I'm uh, such a fucking lazy American. Uh-huh. I'm like, there's no sports center. <laughs> How'd you fucking live? <laughs> That's great. It was very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole thing—completely different world. And then you come back and you're like, put on New York One. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, back in New York. Back in New York. Back to reality. That's crazy. Well, we got any more news stuff? I could just mention real quick, again, the internet was sort of out, but on the last one, somebody written in about the ITT tech going out of business. What is going on? So apparently there's a lot of like attorneys general across the country that have been looking into the way that they raise money and how their their, like loan process works and they're making kind of like false claims about job perspective, uh, you know, um, perspective jobs after you get out of the program. So there were some issues there, but they shut them down just immediately. They haven't been convicted of anything 
officially ITT. So it's thrown these, you know, people that thought they were starting college in the, in the fall, it's thrown them way out of the loop here and they have to transfer to other places now. So, go on. ahead. Uh, well, you know, they also had a big thing with the uh, Wells Fargo bank where they were, uh, th- th- they were creating false accounts, um, uh, people, regular customers accounts so they can charge them hidden fees. And uh, they made, they made probably billion, you know, over a billion dollars. Yeah, well, so when go. they got, they got caught, nobody got prosecuted. Um, they just hit them with a $185 million fine. So what they did was they fired 5,300 workers and said, well, these are the people that did it. But if you have 5,300 workers <laughs> creating false, obviously yeah. you're doing it from the guy, you know, the guy at this top. This is a direct, this right. is a direct order. Right. So, you know, and, and nobody's getting prosecuted. So, uh, I think, I think. These guys need to go to jail. They need mm. to go to a real jail and get really <laughs> raped like regular fucking people. And that's how you're going to stop the next financial some, crisis. Yeah, we need some bankers oh, getting fucked. Absolutely. Yeah, we, absolutely. <laughs> bankers and, and ITT tech people need to get fucked. I absolutely. This agree. is what we're saying. See, this would <laughs> never happen under Kim Jong Un. Yeah, right? no. We need a Kim, We need a, a leader we can support. Absolutely. Kim Jong Un. <laughs> I I don't know. I think with the, this is the beginning of the end to me. Like. For I I, you? I I know for the IT tech oh. I think they're coming after IT tech because it's easy, yeah. like public scrutiny can really go against them because it's your, it's the least form of college, you know like you're going after like kind of a punchline of colleges, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's a lot of profi- pro uh, for profit university or all these universities are for profit. Like if you think they're not. No, of like course. You're well, little, and they're all making a claim, f- false claims to a certain extent. Like you yeah, graduate, you're going to get a job. No, it's not the case. You have the, definitely you know, not the case. And are they paying off like Princeton Review? Like, w- what's their relationship with schools like with uh, review places like that? Right. That was kind of like with the crediting agencies, uh, with the banks. They yeah. were all getting paid by the banks. So, like, of course, you're going to get triple AAA rated. Right. And you kind of think of it with the schools. Like when people say to me, they're like, "Well, this is the number one business school in the country." I'm like, so "Wait a minute, you're at Indiana." Right. This isn't. I've never looked at an, a resume from someone from IU Bloomington right. and been like, "Oh my, my, oh the king of business has arrived." Right. Like I've, I've looked at it and been like, "Oh, you went to Little Five and you've parted your fucking ass off." Right. And, and I do have guys that are in college say to me all the time, "They're like, well, you know, I go to business school at, you know, I went to Penn State and I, I, I've never. I'll have people that went to Penn State. They're like, yeah, I went to Smeal." Because <laughs> that's the name of the business school. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. Smeal, you went to Penn State, okay, where I walked around in overalls with nothing underneath on Saturdays and that drank. Was, that was a direct order from Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was his, his rules, not mine. And I drank from my hair. Right. A, a wig that I wore. So <laughs> don't fucking think so high. So, like, all these universities have these, like, kind of like pronouncements that they are the number one in this, number one in that. And you're like, I don't know. It sounds like we're just giving you a ton of money. Yeah. Well, it's like J.D. Power and says, like every car commercial, like the number one rated, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you all have awards that you're giving yourselves. But, yeah. you know, what, what does that actually matter in the, in the scheme of things? It's insane. So, yeah. I don't know. With ITT Tech, I'm like, I feel bad for someone who signed up for that. But I, I think I feel bad for them in general. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't think that right. maybe that's like you're putting money into maybe something that like, or why don't you go to... But ITC Tech does teach you actual like quantifiable yeah, it's a skills. Technical so right, like so. I maybe that they're going after the wrong thing, I think. Like, I mean, I went and did shows at like Florida Gulf Coast 
and that's a school that was invented 10 years ago and they have a beach on campus and then you can go water skiing any day of the week and you can sign out the water skiing boat and if you go there right now you're like yeah fuck yeah but like that's not reality like yeah. like that has nothing to do with are you getting a good education i'm sure you get what you put into it so if you're going and be like well i'm at college i'm in a great school yeah but if you walk away with a d you're still a d right you know so they can't fucking get it's like a government you can't be given everything you know, you can't, you, you can only do so much for you. Yeah, right. but you could be given some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the we'll argument. We'll concept. give you the water ski boat. Right. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. you can use it to the best of your ability. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Greg Rogel, thank you for coming on. This is fantastic. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome to have you. All of you go get on board with Greg at Greg Rogel. Two G's, two L's. Go follow him, support him. He's a fantastic comic. So much fun to watch. Uh, man Samp, thank you for coming on. Thanks, dude. At Man Samp on Twitter, Mandatory Samson Podcast, every Friday here on the Stand Up New York Labs Network. I'm Jared Free, J Train 56 on all platforms. We'll be back next episode. Boom! This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Boom! Boom.